Well, we're back with episode three. Episode three. Episode three. So how many have we done so far? Two. Excellent. I know. Who would have thought we got this far? Who would have thought I did maths at A-level in the UK? My goodness. And you managed to count to three. You couldn't be a roadie. I passed. Well, you couldn't be a roadie, could you? I don't know. Could I? One, two. One, two, one, two, one, two. No. Two, one. Never mind. That's it. No. Now, what are we drinking tonight? We're drinking the dilettante. The Dillotons. San Giovese 2017. 2017. Now, I know a little bit about this wine. We're Do looking you? forward to having Kate Giles back with us again this week to talk a little bit more about the Dilettons, as she is one of the winemakers. She is. She is. Um, she's made in partnership with another lovely lady that's a bit of a side project for them. Um, they both have other jobs. They both, they, oh, they both have several other jobs, by the sounds of it. They're Multiple very, jobs. very busy people. But uh, San Giovese, I've got to say, hand on heart, it's actually, other than Tempranillo, it's my favourite varietal of wine. Okay. Has been since I was first exposed to it back in the early 90s. I fell in love with it then and I, do you know, I've never found a better match for kangaroo than Sangiovese. Really? Yeah, 100%. It is, it, it actually lends itself to game meats like you mm. wouldn't believe, but kangaroo in particular, Sangiovese is the thing. Learning so much. There you go. But, but the um, food and wine matching, learning so much. Well, San Giovese, Kangaroo, now you say it, perfect. Yeah, but you wouldn't think of it unless you actually Not tried it. Not necessarily, yeah. No, mm. no. But um, look, I um, I absolutely love this wine. I've drunk it, uh, again, confessing to the listeners, I've drunk this wine a little bit because Kate and I know each other moderately well and she's put it in my face before and it she's has... She's put it in your face? Put it in my face wow. and gone, drink this, buy this, tell everybody about it and I And you will, said yes, okay. Uh, yes, okay, because it's good. Because it's really good. It's really, really good. It is really good. It, it is. is very, it's incredibly drinkable. It absolutely is. Now, Clare Valley apparently, I mean, I know the Clare Valley very well. Have you been to Clare? I have been to Clare. It's lovely up there, isn't it's it? It's beautiful, yeah. It really is. You know, one of my favourite things to do out there is actually sit on the lawns of the... Um, of the Magpie and Stump at Mintaro, the pub. Okay, that's which, pub, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's just uh, about 15 k's from Clare mm-hmm. is the town of Mintaro, famous for its slate mining. Um, but the pub there has Clare Valley Ales on tap. Oh, lovely. Does your standard pub fare very, very well. Your schnitzels, your chips, yep. the fish and chips, those sorts of things. Your burgers. Really, really nice, but the atmosphere there is absolutely perfect. And they serve local wines. They serve local wines and mm. local food and local beers, and it's Really, really nice. Awesome. But the Clare Valley itself, um, it's it's one of the most beautiful parts of South It's Australia. gorgeous. It really I mean, is. we were, I, I visited a few good few years ago now. Yeah. Um, hoping to go again soon this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely stunning. Just yeah. absolutely beautiful. I mean, there were times that it, it, it's that some areas of it are so isolated that you, literally there is a chance of running over kangaroos. It's legitimately it's in that we nearly did, which goes really well we with San Giovese. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it, we unfortunately didn't run over them. Actually, because no. then we, we then we could have you know, had no, some, no, had no, some then, for dinner. No, then you would have had a. Can re- you do that? No, you just have a really broken car to deal with. We, we would have had a broken car. Yeah, yeah. the kangaroo would probably would have bounced off on the car and been fine. Yeah, oh, okay. that's usually how it goes with roos. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah, they're pretty hearty. Yes, yes I imagine so. They, they were are. quite large. Yeah, yeah, and Jap. Japanese cars don't go so well <laughs> okay. against them. No, that's fair you know, the crumple zones. Yeah, I don't know. Not so uh, I've, not, I've not done the kangaroo versus car thing. Uh, uh, I've, I've only ever done it uh, look, a couple of times and the cars never ended up so good. Brilliant. Never. I um, can't so imagine well. the kangaroo would have ended up brilliantly. Uh, like, not a lot in just, it for the roux. 
But uh, look, back anyway. to the wine. Yes. Back to the wine. Um, I believe if we're really, really lucky, yes. that Kate might actually have some of the new vintage of the uh, dilettantes for us tonight as well. And it so sounds like you have just... some kind of inside information, well, which I don't have. She, she may or may not have mentioned to me um, in the prelude in to this, passing. in passing, that not only is there not that much of the 2017 left... Okay, so we're... Honoured to be drinking it. But there is the latest release, the 2018, hitting the shelves now. Okay. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, if all goes well, we'll be tasting both of those tonight. That'd be lovely because I wasn't yeah. expecting that. No, 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 nice little surprise for nice. you. Well, it is our third episode, so I thought I'd bring... Some Celebratory third episode. Celebratory third episode, and I thought I'd actually do something for you, Nick, rather than pretend to bring notes and be prepared. I thought no, I might... No, well, you don't, you don't do that, so... No. No, I don't do anything. You don't even that. pretend to do that. So no, don't I don't. pretend that you do pretend. No, no. <laughs> You're pretending to, <laughs> pretend to pretend to do something. You don't do it. You've never done do that it. No, ever. No. So don't, you know. I, I'm not going to lie. You shouldn't. It's rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes. No. So you're doing something for me. You're bringing me an extra wine. I'm bringing you an extra wine because I know how much you like wine. Well, who doesn't? Well, if, you know, if you don't like wine, why are you listening to this? Exactly. Why are you listening? Why are you listening if you don't like wine? Mm. Maybe. And for those that do like wine that are listening, hello and thank you. We really do like you having, we really like having you on board. Yes, thank you for listening to our Blathering. Blathering, and then uh, some an actual professional coming yeah. in and talking. Yeah. Don't, fear Making not. For sense. The, for those that have not listened to any of our other podcasts, please understand that this is not how the whole thing goes. We will actually bring an expert in soon. Oh, um, someone that actually knows what they're talking about because we genuinely don't. We pretend to know what we're talking about. Yes. Um, or Nick doesn't even pretend. I do. but No, I, I don't pre- pretend. You pretend a lot. But I pretend badly. You're a big pretender. I really uh, You are am. a great pretender, as it were. Do you really as think... As the great Freddie Mercury said, you are... The great pretender. The great pretender. Pretending that I I'm pre- doing well. Yes, I don't pretend that I know. I seem I know to be what, what I'm not, you see. Yeah. I know what I know and I don't know what I don't know. And that's fine. And yeah. I think that's, the, you know, it's a way into this podcast for people who don't, who love wine and appreciate wine, but don't necessarily know the ins and outs of wine. And that's that's, what, that's kind of what we hear. I don't, I, I don't think that you need to know too much about wine other than whether you like it or not. Does it taste good? Does it taste good? Yes. Do you want to drink it? Yes. yes. There you go. Well, that, that's the end of it, is it? Pretty much. Should we just stop now? Well, I don't know. Should Maybe. we stop now? Probably Look, not. I think what we should do is answer the door because Kate's just started hitting the doorbell. Okay. Um, and fingers crossed, I kind of promised you. You know what? If she hasn't got it, I'll be really honest. You're going you're gonna to hold me I'll responsible. I'll be annoyed. Are you gonna, but don't blame her. I don't want to blame her. I'm going to blame no. you for bringing it up. Good. Yes, okay, because it's not her fault. I didn't know anything about it until literally a few minutes ago. Okay, well, look, let's get Kate in and have a chat to her about the the 17 and the 18, Mm. if she's brought it with her, and um, see what she's got to say. Cool. Well, we're here with Kate Giles um, for the second time. This is our second interview with Kate, but this time she's wearing her dilettante hat. Um, What a lovely hat it is. is, isn't it? My God. It's very colourful. Before we even let her start talking, you tell me what... You, like, you, this is the first time you've tasted it is. the dilettantes. Yes. First impressions. Tell me. What did you I'm think? going to drink some first. Okay. I have had a little bit before. Yeah, I'm going to well, drink it just for effect. Okay, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do the slurpy thing? No. No, no. Go on. No. I dare you. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it, oh, that's just lovely. It is, isn't it? That's lovely. It really is. Oh, very juicy. It's, it's like a walk in the Black Forest. It is. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that? No, I've never done never that. Done that. <laughs> but I imagine, I imagine that's what, that's that's what, what it's it would like. be like. If, if, if you were to put that in a bottle and drink it, it would be this. I'm pretty sure this would be it. It's yeah. beautiful. It's lovely. Mm. So, Kate, um, look, thank you so much for coming back. Um, you were our favourite interview of all time, also our first interview, um, even though you were our second episode. Yes. Um, we liked you so much, we thought we'd bring you back for episode number three, but this time talking about the dilettantes, which is a wine that not only have you had a hand in making, um, but you've made in collaboration with someone that has actually qualified to make wine, unlike yourself. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about the whole dilettante uh, story. What's going on? The dilettante started as something we called the Cheeky Sanjo Project. Mm-hmm. So as you might have guessed, it's a Sangiovese. Uh, we, my friend and I, Marnie. So Marnie is the chief winemaker of her own brand and owner uh, called Matriarch and Rogue Wines in the Clare. And she and I spoke about how we both love Sangiovese. I'd made some Sangiovese in Clare in one of my past lives. And we spoke about maybe having a little side project. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to do with her brand, nothing to do with my business, just something that would be the wine that we like to drink. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we ended up making it. It tasted amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we had to work amazing. out what we were going to call it. Mm-hmm. So we threw some names around. And let's be honest, when you try and find a name for a product, just about everything's been taken and trademarked. So we ended Somebody up with... Somebody <laughs> opened Lost in a Forest, for God's sake. <laughs> so we opened... We started it with the dilettantes because a dilettante is someone who has a cheeky side project. And mm-hmm. maybe their employers don't quite know about. It's just not quite on the up and up. Uh, and Sounds like us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this may have resonance. Sorry, boss. <laughs> yes. uh, and dilettantes comes originally from the Latin. Yes. And it comes from the word dilettare which means to delight and to entertain. Oh, well, there you go. And that summed up the wine for me in a sentence. I also did do Latin and Italian and Japanese and English and a million other things at university. Wow. Not winemaking. Um, but I was lucky enough to spend quite a bit of time in Italy working at the co-op just outside of Siena. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. So hence I love Sangiovese. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. one of my favourite varieties to play with. Yep. And the idea of making what I call a table wine mm-hmm. out of it and mm-hmm. no disrespect to the term, we're not trying to make the wine you're going to sell her for the next hundred years. Yeah. We're trying to make the wine that you take home and drink two bottles tonight. So that's Between it, I, three or four or five, I, of you, obviously. I, I like the idea of losing a Sunday afternoon to a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Well, also, you were talking about table wine. I think that is a term that, if it, if it is on a bottle, if it's actually on a, a label, mm. people might just pass by that wine. Yeah. Why do you think that is? It sort of indicates that it's not, necessarily a wine of value. Mm. Um, I tend to, when I'm out spruiking and selling, because that's what I do with the wine, I tend to call it a vino da tavola, which is the Italian of. Yeah. 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 So Mm. it sounds a little bit more schmick than saying table wine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But let's be honest, if you look at the numbers, I can't remember exactly what they are, but something in the region of 85 to 95% of the wines bought in a bottle shop are consumed within 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So mm-hmm. not many people are buying wines these days to collect to sell them. Do you think that Stelvin caps have had something to do with that? The fact that a, the wine doesn't necessarily develop in the bottle the way it used to. It p- 
partly that, even though Stelvins were actually brought in to improve the ageing potential of the wine, <laughs> it means that the wines will actually age for longer. But yeah. it's just, I think it's more of a response to where the wine market is sitting now. Okay. So there's a lot more wines in the market yep. and the, the tastes of people are mm-hmm. moving more towards slurpier, brighter styles of wines. Do you think we're moving more to, I was going to say, to more the Italian style of wine yeah. than the, the, the heavy oak of the French and that yeah. sort of thing? And yeah. even the French have table wines. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, and true. it is, there's quite a number of them. Mm-hmm. But I think here in Australia we're starting to move away from the volumes of structured, built mm-hmm. styles of, say, Cabernet, Chardonnay, even Shiraz to a certain extent, and moving towards something that we know when we get it home tonight, it's going to be ready to drink. Yeah. Yep. It's Absolutely. like the whole fashion thing, a pret-a-porter. It's ready mm, to go. It's to ready, to wear. ready yep. to wear. So you are, so is Sangiovese a grape that's widely grown in South Australia? There's actually a surprising amount of it. Okay. Uh, there, it was originally illegally brought into the country by Italian immigrants. In the 1800s, there's not a lot of that left around. I think uh, most of it got eradicated along the way when people only started drinking Shiraz and Cabernet. Mm, Uh, But the Sangiovese that we have now, definitely Clare Valley, there's a little bit in the Barossa, there's quite a lot in McLaren Vale. There's a little bit down around the Limestone Coast. And on the last podcast, we were talking about Islander Estate and they do a smashing Sangiovese, which is very different in style to mine, but very expressive of the site and the variety. Mm. So how would you so you're talking about different different styles. Uh, so you say you you stayed in Italy for a bit. Mm-hmm. How would you say that this wine here differs from from the wine you were drinking in Italy? The Sangiovese you were drinking in Italy. I think part of it comes down to age of vines. The vines that we were making wine out of when I was living in Italy were a couple hundred years old at least. The vines that we're making wine out of here are maybe 30 or 40. Okay. So at the oldest. Mm. Is there anything in particular about the Clare Valley that makes it sort of conducive to growing Sangiovese? I think for me in particular, the climate is very similar to Chianti. Okay. So it's not quite uh, Mediterranean, but it's not far off. You do get some nice cooling breezes in the Mm -hmm. afternoon Mm -hmm. and you do get some moderate summer days. Yep. You don't get super, super hot. We get a little bit warmer here, to be mm-hmm. honest. But in the Clare Valley, if you're on the right facing, if well, we're west facing for our slope and we get some nice cooling breezes through in the afternoon. Now, that's one thing I've noticed on quite a few of the wines that I've been drinking over the years, especially in places like um, Barossa and Clare Valley, that they're talking about their eastern or their western slope. Now, I know that's got to do with the waxing and waning of the sun mm-hmm. um, and exposure to light and heat and so on and so forth, but what works better for what? Depends on the variety. Yeah. Uh, so for Sangiovese, a western facing or an eastern facing? Or? Uh, for me, western facing because you get late afternoon sun. Yep. So, so cooler mornings, uh, warming into the afternoon, and then that extended we're dry. Quite lucky because the slope across the road from where our vineyard is, it's not our vineyard. Somebody else owns it. We just buy the fruit and mm-hmm. give them lots of money and look after them because we love them very, okay. very much. Uh, <laughs> the slope on the other side of the road is the right height, so the sun goes over it. So mm-hmm. we don't get that searing afternoon sun yeah. on the vines. Okay. Yeah. Funnily enough, there was a Shiraz block up the back of that particular block mm-hmm. of vineyards. Terrible. 
sitting underneath the trees, never yeah. got right properly, always no had green bits, mm-hmm. doesn't work. Grafted it over to Fiano three and a half years ago, and now it looks amazing. Of course. Right. Well, there you go. That's 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 a really, really good answer. Because it's simple. It's yeah. just look at where your facing is. and Where you're facing and what, how the grape behaves. And if it doesn't work, then graft yeah, it over to something else. Yeah, okay, great. I, I was reading your website earlier, and I, on the website, it, it, I, I think it was perhaps not to be taken seriously, but you make the winemaking process sound really simple. It really was. Was it? Because <laughs> you, 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 know, you hear about, well, you know, it's not actually that, that simple a thing to do if you want to make really good wine. No, but if you have a good winery that you keep clean and good people, you're generally okay. You can't go wrong. If you, we're really lucky, and I am skipping in between a few things here, but the vineyard is great and the boys on the vineyard are great and we know that if the fruit, if the vines need to be drip-fed, irrigated, they will do that. Okay. And if they don't, they will do that. And we trust them because it's their block and they've had mm-hmm. it forever. Yeah. Mm. So we go and have a look at it. We keep an eye on it. And mm-hmm. if we need them to do something, they're really responsive. Okay. Once the fruit's in the winery, I kind of just don't want to mess up the quality of what's on the vine. Mm-hmm. Pick it at the right time. Don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. So for us, that was no new oak mm-hmm. okay. at all. Yep. Uh, there was a small portion of that that was in tank. Mm-hmm. And then blend it back into the stuff that had been in barrel okay. prior to bottling. Kept really, really clean. So we're really lucky with the vineyard. The guys have it sorted. We trust them. They understand their vineyards because it's been their vineyards for a very long time. They've seen the ups and downs. So they've seen what happens to grapes in cooler climates, in warmer climates, in uh, rainy periods and drought periods. They understand all of that. So we trust them to get it right. They drip feed irrigate when it needs irrigation. They mm. don't when it doesn't. Uh, and we look after it from there. It kind of goes back to that whole thing of when I was living in Italy and making wine at the Corporativo. So co-op, basically people were bringing in buckets of grapes from their backyards. Wow. And we were turning it into grape, into mm-hmm. wine for them. So what we would do is filter the grapes out into two different piles and one would go to making your Chianti Reserva, so the, the Schmick stuff. Mm-hmm. That goes in barrels for three years and three years later, people come back and they get however many buckets of grapes worth of wine to take home. Okay. But they also, six months after they've delivered those buckets of grapes, go back and get their vino da tavola, their mm-hmm. table wine. Yeah. And that's their everyday drinking stuff. So yeah. it's all the grapes in the region mm-hmm. coming together. And it's really simple. You mm. sort the grapes, make sure you don't have any wrong fruit in there, so stuff that might be damaged or whatever. And you press it off, you throw it into some old barrels. We use some t- a tank for a small amount. And let it go through ferment and mm-hmm. blend it back up and let it sit for a little while and then throw it into a bottle. Wow. Really simple. Mm. Wow. What's the, how, how hard can it be? No, exactly. <laughs> why aren't we doing We should it? do it, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> why aren't we doing this? It sounds really, it sounds like a piece of cake. It really does. Oh, no, well, I'm making really such does. a big thing out of all this wine. <laughs> <laughs> sounds There's a simple. lot of other stuff that goes in and on around the sides, <laughs> but the basics of it are right fruit. Don't mess it up in the winery. Keep everything super clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a that's one of the things that you you, you find across a lot of um, a lot of different fields when you're dealing with a genuine expert. Though Nick is that they just make it look and sound so easy. Yeah, we would we would balls it up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we would we would absolutely make a dog's dinner of that. Mm. I can guarantee. Yeah, it. I'm sure we would. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Kate. I think that um, we need to try because you bought in as a very very special treat for us. I did. You bought in the 
brand new vintage, the 2018 Dillard's Holmes. Oh, I've still got half a glass of that. I'm just going to drink this. You, a, you talk, I'll yeah, drink. Yeah, okay. I'll, we'll I'll, I'll talk it up. Oh, well, we, <laughs> we, um, we've just been tasting the 2017 um, and we're about to crack the 2018. What can you tell us or what should we expect that we didn't get in the 2017 that we will in the 2018? Being a really small producer, mm. as in we make one wine, yep. <laughs> the, there is always going to be a difference in the wine itself, depending on vintage, because mm-hmm. not every year is the same and things happen and things don't quite necessarily go the same way now, as they did in the last year. Yeah, mm. we had a very long summer this year um, in South Australia. We, I, <laughs> my, myself, uh, we, I, I called it drunk summer because it was kind of like the summer that just refused to leave the party. Um <laughs> No matter no matter what you tried to do, no matter how many people said, look, oh, I'll call you a cab or whatever, summer stuck around and it was still yep. 30 degrees that in April, like for me. God's sake. So when did you pick the 2018? Uh, so are you talking about the 18 being a really long vintage or the 19? The 19, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, so 19. the 19 actually came off at about the same time as the 17. Okay. So about the third week of March, this came off. So the 18 that we're about to have a look at now mm-hmm. came off in about the second week of April. Second week of April. Wow, that yeah. is late. Yeah. That is really late. Um, is that, was there rain in the vintage? In... There was a little bit, but yeah. we desperately needed it. So yep. we weren't terribly bothered by it. Okay. We did manage to get the 18 in just before a big rain event. So we're really happy with that. Because that would have pushed it back again another couple of weeks, wouldn't it? And we would have had split on the skins and possibly some rot. And Yeah. yeah, No, it wouldn't have been pretty. So so. split on the skins means? Uh, The skins, uh, well, basically. What does it mean for the wine, this one? Well, you can't use the fruit. You just won't be able to use it. So basically too much water in the fruit and the skins burst. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference between 17 and 18. So 17 for me is a super slurpy wine. Mm -hmm. Technical term. Slurpy, slurpy, slurpy. Uh, The 18 is darker. It's just a bit deeper. It's a little bit more structured. It's still really pretty on the nose and the colour's not super dark, but I mean dark in fruit across the palate. For all of you Gen Xers out there, it's kind of like Rattle and Hum versus Uktung Baby, I think. This is I'm, I'm very just, much the I'm ignoring your, your YouTube reference. Well, why would you make a YouTube <laughs> reference? Bad luck, because I just Goodness made it. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. is. It's funny, though, because when I first had a look at this wine, and then Marnie and I had a look at it together, beautiful. we both weren't sure whether it was going to be a great follow-up to the 17, because okay. we were both so in love with the 17. We looked at the 18, and the difference... It is different. Yeah, yeah. it's a very different style. I went out and spent a small fortune on 2018 Clare Valley Reds just to have a look at the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of them are darker and deeper. Yep. It's a vintage condition. Yeah. Okay. So to be able to have changed that, we would have had to have ad- added to it or done something to it, and that's against the philosophy of the wine. Yep. Absolutely. The philosophy of the wine is to not mess with it, to keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. We don't even filter it, so we don't screen it. Uh, so we do screen it, we don't filter it, we don't fine it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of getting it through to bottling, filter, fining, screen. Mm-hmm. Got rid of the first two and yep. just ran it through a screen. Okay. It basically means there's no floaties, but we haven't done anything else to it. Awesome. It tastes wonderful. It, Absolutely. It really, really does. Um, but different. It, so it, very, it, is, it is different. It, it is. Different they're not worlds apart. You can tell they're both Sangiovese, oh, but they are different styles. They have completely different personalities. 
Uh, and yet they're from the same block and the and same vineyard, the same block, made by the same, same vineyard, people. And it's just a different climate. Yeah. Well, talk, yep. talking about single block, single vineyard, um, it kind of puts you at the mercy of the elements, as you were saying. Yeah. But uh, because of that, have you thought about maybe expanding and diversifying, doing something different? Maybe when I win a million bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, so this no. is a side project. <laughs> yeah. Which, you it's know, a labor of love. Yeah. yeah. It's barely paying for itself at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it is, which is awesome. Like, 18 months in, it's paying for itself. But and realistically, to be t- paying for itself in 18 months, it's a, it's it's a reporting bad. success. Yeah. yeah. And you're but, getting great wine. Yeah. But we don't have a massive spend to put into buying more fruit or mm. all the rest of it. Because basically, before we even get to putting a bottle of wine in front of you, yeah. we've paid for the fruit and all of the winemaking and all of the barrels and mm. all of the time and the trucks and the everything else that goes into it. We've paid for the bottles and the caps so and the labels. Every single one of those bottles owes you a lot of money. A lot of money. And yep. we've paid all of that in before we can sell a box to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sounds like running a restaurant but in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll take but, that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look at it at some point. So next year we're looking at adding Fiano. Yep. But yep. for both of us, we have full-time gigs. Is that the Fiano from a little bit further up the crop? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Mm. Just nice. a little bit. Only nice. 100 to 200 cases, so just keeping it small. Now, the um, the 2017s in the bottle shops at the moment, you were telling yep. me before we started recording, there's not a lot of that left? Not a lot left at all. I reckon there's about 20 cases kicking around in my warehouse. And Dad wants some, so I better sort some out for him. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't forget Dad. <laughs> Otherwise, I will be in so much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, we'll put a few cases aside for us as seller stock just to mm-hmm. keep an eye on yeah. and be able to sort of match different vintages and see yeah. what works. Yeah. Uh, but the 18 is already out there. So there's okay. a couple of places who already have the 18. There's a couple Fantastic. of restaurants who yeah. were rewriting white lists, so mm-hmm. change them onto the 18. Mm-hmm. Melbourne gets their first palette of 2018 this week, which is great. That's exciting. Yes. Uh, And I'm sending some to Perth soon and some to Sydney soon as well. Magnificent. Yay. Sounds wonderful. Well, look, Kate, thank you so much for coming back and joining us again for another episode of Who Nicked My Wine. Um, I'm sure that uh, I know that I'm looking forward to next year's vintage already. I can't wait to try what happens in 2019 when it comes along. Um, But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. 2017, 20 cases left, so get on it. And 2018, look out for it because it's hitting the market as we speak. Thank you very much for having me. No, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Well, that was a lovely chat with Kate, wasn't, wasn't it? it? How good was that, having no. the 17 she and knows, the 18? She knows what she's talking she about. She really does your, know what she's talking yes, about. Your promise of the 17 and 18. Came through. I know. You came through for I me. Delivered. I delivered. You are lov- you are lovely that way. You're welcome. Thank you. You are most welcome. Thank you very much. Now, look, one of the things that Kate mentioned that I was really, really impressed with was the fact that as far as their processes went in the winery, yes. they didn't change a thing. From Between 17 and from 18. 17 and 18. They didn't do anything differently. No, it seemed that way. But they managed to create two completely different Sangioveses. Completely different. Completely different. Now, we were both in heated agreement about the fact that that first Sangiovese was absolutely smashable with 
Pizza and pasta. Pizza and pasta and that kind of thing. Yeah. Typical Italian fare. Yeah, Easy I would, drinking. I would say a puttanesca would be brilliant. Yes. With it, you know, the capers, the olives, the anchovies, Lovely. and the tomato. Yeah. This holds up really well to tomatoes they, because they have their own acidity and tannin and yes. fruit, very much like wine. Yes. Um, it's very rare that you can find a wine that actually works with tomatoes so well, but mm. Sangiovese does that. Yeah. However, when we went from the 17 to the 18, wow, that was too There's There was more structure diff- there. There was. There was more structure, but it was a darker wine. Yeah. Um, and from what Kate tells us, that was 100% climate-driven. It was the difference in the weather between the seasons. Uh, that's literally the only thing that changed. Yeah. They didn't change their processes at all. No. Now, they um, did the same thing. I, I said earlier in the, in the show before we brought Kate in that I've always paired Sangiovese with kangaroo. Yes. But... Um, as far as the 18 goes, I reckon it would work It would work with game meat, but I was thinking more along the lines of like your hearty sort of osso buco or ragu or something like that that's got that real depth of character and flavour to it. I want, the, you know, the lingering aftertaste of, of, of caramelised onion and mm-hmm. garlic and thyme and rosemary. Those sorts of flavours would work beautifully at the back end of yeah. that sangiovese. Any kind of dish that's got... A lot going on, and, and and not necessarily punchy, no. But a lot, you know, a lot of a, depth, a lot of depth and structure, and and uh, lots of different that flavors layers going through. Anyway. Layers of flavor, layers of flavor, layers of flavor. Because this is what that tastes like to me. It really does. There's layers yeah. of flavor going on. And it's, the the 2017 is is uh, pizza. You can say pizza pasta. There's lots of different types of pasta. There's lots of different types of pizza. pizza. If you say but margarita to, and uh, well, pasta tom- napolitano, as you said. Uh, Tomatoes is the, is the center of all of that, yep. and this would go great with any any relatively simple pizza, rel- mm-hmm. relatively simple pasta. Yeah, but the twenty eighteen, it's so it, it is it's the same wine, it's the same grapes, I should say, but a completely different wine. It really is. Um, um, it's amazing, I, really. I was I was amazed that Kate was saying that she, she initially when she first tasted the twenty eighteen, she wasn't a huge fan. I don't she know. Um, yeah. well because initially because I mean, she was in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, I think she said they wanted it to be slurpable. Is that the word that she used? She, slurpable. Yes. Sangiovese because that's what the, she was used to, and that's yeah. what she wanted to make, mm-hmm. but. In 2018, they made something slightly different, but, slightly different ju- but just as good in a, in a different way. I, I, it really is. It's I um I'm I'm captivated by that yeah, one. I've got to say I I could um I I think I need to buy a case of it. Really? Um, I I think I do. Yeah, okay. I really do. Um, I don't buy a lot of wines by the case. I mean, I buy mixed dozens a lot, but I don't buy a lot of um, individuals. No, just. I'd go, I'd usually would go mixed. But yeah, yeah, but this one I think is actually one that sets itself apart. Um, we know that there's not a lot of the 17 left about, no. so if you have got it, well done. Very good. Drink well it. Well done. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it. Um, Drink it's, it now. Well, no, well, that's the thing. It's a table wine, mm. um, but it's it can lay down, but it doesn't need to. It's ready now. Um, it's Preta Porta. It's yeah. it's good to go. Yes, um, and the eighteen. Oh my goodness! I can't wait until pe- I can't wait till that really hits the market because mm. people are going to lose their minds over mm. that. They really are. It's very good. It really is. Now I think that what we need to do before too long is actually turn off these microphones and polish off this bottle. What Can do we do think? that? Yeah. Now, are we allowed to do that? I think we're allowed to do that. Oh, uh, nice. Actually, I've just got I've just got a nod and two thumbs up from the man in the booth. Oh, the man himself. The man himself. We're has calling said, him Nick, right? 
Well, well, yeah, well, it's, it's Tim, but name, Nick but for short. Let's call him Nick, because yeah, it's so much sure. easier. Well, it's so much easier if everybody called Nick here. Let's just call him know. Nick for credit. Exactly. Okay. I can't remember names. No, well, it's Nick. Nick. Yeah, okay. You're Nick, I'm Nick. And he's, he's Nick. Nick. Well, he is now. Everyone is. Yeah, sure. All right, well, let's um, let's do that. Let's turn these microphones off, take these headphones off, and polish off this 2018. Please. The, the, and look, we've got the 2017 there as well. It sounds like we're jumping in a cab home. Yeah. It really does. Maybe not, maybe not jumping. Well, no, you don't jump. I don't. No, I can't really jump I either. I've got we, the knees for it. Why would we jump? I don't know. Step. Step. G- gingerly. Gingerly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 into a cab home. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your ears. Thank we'll you. We'll speak to you later on. Who Nick My Wine is brought to you by the Second Street Chili Company and N Plus One and Associates with theme music courtesy of Hannah Fairlam. Special thanks must go to the Doctor of the Dials, the Master of Bass, the Fifth Beatle himself. We'd call him Nick if he'd let us, but Tim Allen it is in the booth for Podcast Central. Our guest tonight was Kate Giles of the Dilettantes, and we thank her not only for everything that she brought to the party, but that for that lovely drop of Clare Valley Red. Uh, we're on social media if you want to get in contact with us. We're on Instagram as Who Nick My Wine. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, we are at Who Nicked My Wine. Uh, that all, both of those are all one word, all lowercase. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so uh, via Twitter or Instagram or via email. Our address is whonickmywine at gmail.com. We'll read everything that you send to us. Um, and if you have any wine questions for us or for our wine experts, we'll answer them in an upcoming podcast. So until next time, from all of us here at Who Nick My Wine and Podcast Central, I would urge you to drink responsibly, and until then, happy drinking. Mm-hmm.